if you really want to know the talent and the strength and the possibilities in the people around you, and you want them to be able to tap into it themselves, then emotions is a huge part of the equation. Ready to learn why cash flow and compassion are not mutually exclusive? Each week, brand strategist, speaker, and author Maria Ross will introduce you to the trailblazing brands and leaders who embrace empathetic tactics to reap huge rewards. You'll learn about winning teams, brand wins and fails, unforgettable customer experience, and bold leadership decisions fueled by compassion. You'll get the latest trends and research, discover practical ways to infuse more empathy into your work and life, and hear from innovative market leaders who've smashed outdated models and redefined success. Welcome to the Empathy Edge podcast, the show that proves empathy isn't just good for society, it's great for business. It's not healthy that we've numbed our feelings so much as a society because we can't process them. This shows up in so many different negative ways, but actually impacts our business success. My guest today is on a mission to get millions of people feeling again, and we'll talk about the impact to your team's success, your company's ability to innovate, and your own capacity to operate at peak potential. Today, emotional detox coach, author, and speaker, Sherrianna Boyle and I discuss what an emotional detox is and why leaders and teams, and quite frankly, all of us, need it, how emotions can support your business success and not detract from it, and why emotions are not getting you off track. It's your reactions to them. Sherrianna Boyle is an international emotional detox coach, author of nine books, including her most recent, Emotional Detox Now. She has a master's in education as well as a certificate of advanced graduate study in school psychology from the University of Massachusetts. Sherrianna has been featured in numerous articles and has been a featured presenter for renowned organizations such as the Kripalu Health and Yoga Center, 1440 Multiversity, and more. Her book, The Four Gifts of Anxiety, was endorsed by the National Association of Mental Health. She's an adjunct psychology professor and founder of Emotional Detox Coaching, servicing clients of all ages, backgrounds, and abilities virtually worldwide. She's the co-founder of CleanseLife.com, which features her Cleanse Yoga virtual video collection, emotional detox courses, and corporate wellness. Sherrianna is a featured expert on Simple Habit app and the host of Emotional Detox radio show on HealthyLife.net. She's also married to her hometown hubby, KB, raising three daughters and living her best cleanse life. You're really going to enjoy our conversation today, especially if you've been a little leery about letting your emotions in at work, because we're going to talk about the fact that it's not your emotions that are the issue, it's your reactions to them. Stay tuned. Welcome, Sherrianna, to the Empathy Edge, uh, an emotional detox coach and an author. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Maria. And um, prolific author. Your ninth <laughs> book is coming out this week called yep. Emotional Detox Now, 135 Practices to Renew Your Mind, Heart, and Spirit. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm so <laughs> excited to have this conversation about emotions and the workplace. So Let's level set for everyone. What is an emotional detox and why do people need one? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. So the best way I can explain it is like a physical detox. Most people understand that the, the purpose of that is to release any impurities, pesticides, all that from your body in hopes that your organs will function better and you'll feel better and have more energy and all that good stuff. And emotional, emotional detox is similar, only instead of releasing toxins and impurities, we are releasing reactions. Reactions are the ways that you respond, react, meaning the way you might avoid or deal with, and I'm going to throw cope with your emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think of it like food. So when you have pesticides on food, it interferes with your body's ability to digest them. It's the same thing with emotions. When you have a lot of reactivity poured on top of them, it makes them less nutritious for you. It makes it more <laughs> difficult for your body to function and to assimilate all the good parts of your emotions. Well, that makes so much sense because I think given, <laughs> given the year we've been through and year plus, it's just, you know, so many of us are dealing with emotions that are all over the place and out of balance and full of pesticides. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> You know, I think that's, that's one of the first things for me. And I know lots of other people that they notice when they're in stress yeah. is that it's that reactivity. It's sort of like everything, everything, you're a raw nerve, like everything sets you off, whether it's at right. work or whether it's at home. And so you're saying an emotional detox can help, can help even that out a little bit. Yes. I just, what I'm, what I'm doing is hoping to help people get clear that we're not getting rid of your emotions. We're releasing reactions so that you can actually feel your emotions mm -hmm. because the reactions will numb what you feel. And that's what keeps you in the cycle because you literally function kind of robotically. It becomes mm -hmm. an automatic response, whether you like it or not, you just, you have the same way of handling things. And people can feel that about you. That's the thing. And what happens I find in the workplace. So if somebody feels like, let's just say, for example, if they tell you something, you're going to freak out or you're going to get upset or you're going to get stressed out. If they feel that around you enough, they're going to start regulating how they are around you. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is they're going to start reacting to their own feelings rather than feel them. Right. So you've got like sort of this double management thing going on where everybody's focusing on, okay, I don't want to make someone feel that way, but clearly they're not feeling something, mm -hmm. right? Because they're controlling whatever anxiety or fear or ambivalence or nervousness or powerlessness is coming up in them. So now maybe they don't tell you something or they leave you out of an email and you know, all this kind of stuff. That's the way I kind of see it show up in the workplace. It's all control. It's all controlling what we feel rather than feel them. And sometimes it comes out in ways that are just extremely time consuming, Maria. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Well, I, you're bringing up this situation from er, way early in my career um, where I had, a, I had a manager who was a perfectionist, which I was down with because I was a perfectionist too. I'm a recovering perfectionist now, sort of. <laughs> and um, I remember she got me so mixed up that literally I couldn't produce deliverables because every slide 
every sentence, I agonized over what she was going to say or do or correct. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point where it didn't matter which path I chose. It was always wrong. Yeah. And I tried to talk to her about it, that like, you've got me. So I'm so on on edge. I'm not even thinking anymore. I'm, I'm thinking about your reaction rather than thinking about the quality of the work. Exactly. And she didn't get it. And I was too young then I was in my early twenties and I I didn't know how to have that conversation with her in a way that was Yeah. Led to resolution, but it's, it's a traumatic, you know, I hate to say traumatic, but it was a traumatic work experience that colored my, my actions from that point forward. And I had to sort of deprogram myself from that for a long time. Yeah. So, and you know, what a waste of time, what a waste of like time and, and energy, creativity, innovation. Yeah. (laughs) You and I are speaking each other's language. Exactly. Well, it all comes back to that whole, like being able to bring your authentic self to work. That's what that means. It's not about like Mm -hmm. letting it all hang out. It's being able to like bring your best ideas and take risks and be okay with failure and just Mm -hmm. like bring it forth because you, you, you end up with so much more when you create an environment that enables people to do that. And sometimes it's not about the workplace environment. You know, this is why my book started out with talking about the individual. Sometimes it is about the individual that's leading the team and the the tone they're setting and their inability to deal with their own emotions. Is that right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Can make a big difference for sure. I mean, so if we were to use your example in the emotional detox world, so an emotional detox um, now has again, 135 practices in there. They're called cleanse. It's a, it's a cleanse is something, a method that I came up with for seven steps for learning how to detox your emotions. Mm -hmm. And so if I were to take the cleanse and apply it to your situation, Mm -hmm. what we would be cleansing, which again, we're removing reactions and that's, and that example is what it feels like for you to tiptoe or, or not to know how to please someone, mm-hmm. right? What does that bring up? Like where Maria's being an example here, but what would that bring <laughs> up in you? You were, you were many years ago. Mm-hmm. What, what does that feel like for you to, mm-hmm. to be unsure, to not know what someone wants from you or to, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot there to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, there's reactions and how do you cope with that? Mm-hmm. Right? And what would you have said being the 20 year old something that you were, how did you cope with those feelings yeah. around well, a boss like that? Yeah. And well, I think that's the thing is you try to have that conversation with someone, but when you're, you're not equipped at 22 to have <laughs> yeah. like an emotionally mature conversation with someone who's, you know, a little bit older than you, not much actually. Yeah. So, um, yeah it was an interesting situation, but, but yeah. that, so much of that is about like patterns that end up forming for people because of their. Well, yeah. And, and what it is, you know, what you're cleansing Marie in that situation, you're cleansing the reaction of trying to figure out what to say. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's a reaction that we all do. Okay. I need to tell my boss something. How do I do it? You know how long people sit on that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people ruminate. Mm-hmm. How do I let them know 
that this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. And they think about it and they talk about it and they might share about it with somebody in confidence. And that's the way that they might be suppressing what they feel. Mm, interesting. So that's what we would cleanse. Yeah. So before we get into sort of a few tips on, on how you start with an emotional mm. detox, yeah. how do you feel emotions can actually support business? So, you know, you and I have talked about the fact that there's so many leaders from very outdated models of business mm. leadership that really feel strongly about the fact that, you know, emotions don't live in the workplace. It's just business. Mm-hmm. It's not personal. Um, but how do you feel that emotions can support business success? I think they're a huge part. And honestly, I think if you're a leader and you're not sure how that would serve your your business or organization, it's almost like you're getting half the person. I mean, you you really don't know what that person is capable of. And you'd be surprised. It's not, might not be the person you're thinking of. And until you allow those, that emotional processing to take place. And so I guess where I see it belong is, is if you really want to know the talent and the strength and the possibilities in the people around you, and you want them to be able to tap into it themselves, then emotions is a huge part of the equation. And I know it's hard for a lot of leaders to balance the, you know, there's HR concerns, there's privacy Mm. concerns. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for leaders on how they can balance, you know, respect and, you know, potentially even legal requirements with how much, how much they bring emotion into the workplace or into the relationship with their team? Well, I think that when you listen, so when a leader listens to what's going on with a person, first of all, I recommend you always begin the emotional detox process on yourself. I don't recommend you, you just hire someone like me. A lot of times they hire me and they want me to go in and do, you know, their staff. I recommend it begin with the leaders, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so So you want to get to know that. I also would encourage leaders to know that when you listen to someone, how someone feels about something, something Mm -hmm. without reacting while processing your own emotions, that's why it begins with the leader. Mm -hmm. So if you can learn how to be in a processing state, Mm -hmm. and then you have a conversation with one of your, your peeps, Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to be more present. You're going to take things less personally. You're not going to be thinking about the next thing you're going to say or what you, you know, or what so-and-so is going to think of your conversation that you're having. And you're going to allow that person to process their emotions right in front of you. So listening allows people to process. Sometimes they don't say stuff that you necessarily want to hear or that you necessarily are ready to hear, Mm -hmm. but what's happening is they're processing. Don't take it literally. Like sometimes it's okay as a leader to say, okay, this is what I hear you saying, which I'm sure you teach all the time, Maria. Um, and I'm hearing you, but you're not just hearing them. You're, you're hearing from the space of non-reactivity and that's a whole different ball game because they feel you. They don't just feel like you're nodding their head. Okay. Next. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, 
they feel your presence. When they feel you in that state, what happens is people's dialogue conversations will change. They will actually, you will hear them shift what they're saying right in front of you. All of a sudden, this person who maybe came in with a gripe is having higher consciousness conversations with you. Their awareness is a little bit more expanded. They're feeling safe. And now you're like, wow, they came in with this but this ended on a whole nother level. And that's all because the leader sat there in the space of non-reactivity. I love that so much because it's, and it, it's so funny to me, all the parallels having a, having an almost seven-year-old, the, uh, <laughs> the parallels <laughs> of dealing with like toddlers and young kids and, and kids whose brains aren't fully formed yet. Yeah. And, you know, being able to remove that resistance that they, you know, with the lizard brain that they're just butting up against because they just want to be heard and they just want to be understood. And the minute they get that validation, then they can, you know, then their lid can go back on. And now they can think a little bit better about, okay, I just needed to get that out. And now, now let's talk about problem solving. Let's talk about like an effective way forward. But, but this is why it always goes back to, like you said, it's about you having, you having command or, you know, of your own emotions and sort of knowing where you stand, you know, in the book, I talked about the very first step for leaders to adopt an empathetic lens is that they have to practice presence because you have to get your house in order. So that went like that situation, it could be so easy for a leader to be like, I'm offended. I'm insulted. (laughs) Look at all the things I've done for you. Like, I don't have time to deal with this. It's I, 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 to get right. that defensiveness down, you have to like be present and you have to be grounded in your own self-confidence yeah. too, so that you don't take everything as, as meaning that it's a, it's a, it's an attack on you. Like it could yeah. be just someone needs to vent about something. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, I, I mean, I love your book, The Empathy Edge, you know that I've, <laughs> I've talked to you about your book and that's absolutely it. Yeah. The non-defensiveness. Totally. And that's one of, that's why that, you know, if you find yourself being defensive, taking things personally, taking your work home with you and, and feeling stressed out or overextended or near burnt out, or you're questioning whether it's the right place for you, the right career for you. If you've got all that going on, then the, those are signs that you could benefit from an emotional detox. I, I always say, don't make decisions off reactivity. Mm-hmm. It is not the time to quit your job <laughs> now, and, <laughs> unless, unless yeah. you're, you know, being abused or something or harassed, but yeah, you know, if you're in a state of reactivity, that is not really the best time to, you know, to, to quit, to make big decisions, to in make general. big decisions yeah. in general, <laughs> really it's not it give right. yourself a chance to process what's coming up. Otherwise you might just land in another damn situation, just like it. Right. And how many of us do that, whether it's work situation, colleagues or a relationship. And you're like, Oh, I can't get away from these people. Right. Well, and that's where it's the whole, like the common denominator is you because you have, you know, sort of, but no, I, I, a, a manager a long time ago once said something about never run from something. Mm. but make sure you're running to something that will serve you. 
And oh, it's, it's kind yeah. of the same thing of like, just make sure, make sure it's not out of like, I'm running because anything is better yeah. than this. And again, right. Given the situation, if you're being harassed or abused, that's a totally sure. different thing. Absolutely. It's yeah. that reactivity of like, in that moment, I'm so angry and yeah. I'm going to make this really big decision out yeah. of my, a place of reaction rather than intention. Yeah. So, so what, what can folks do? What, what are some of the beginning, not to give away all the, you know, 135 sure. practices in the book, but what are some <laughs> first steps people can take if yeah. they're like, okay, I'm not really sure about this emotional detox thing, but how can yeah. I, how can I tiptoe into it? What, what types of things does it include? Well, just so people know the 135 is 135 cleanses. So it's a system. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're going to get a bunch of practices and then you pick one. It's the actual cleanse for a specific one. It starts with the C and it ends with the E. So for example, there might be, um, cleansing, you know, feeling overextended and, uh, and that might be a cleanse and they can literally just read it and then walk themselves through the steps. As far as like where to begin, I always say begin with step one, logical, right? Step one is the C, which is called clear reactivity, which is basically in many, many different kinds of centering exercises in that first step. So um, it involves toning your vagus nerve, learning how to do that, simple things like neck stretches or moving your body, there's breath, there's tapping, you know, those are all ways that you can center and ground your body. And so they'll have, there's different ones in different cleanses just to add variation. So you're learning a lot of centering techniques. And, and so I always say, just get that first one down because basically what you're saying to your body is, I'm aware I'm in a trigger right now, right? And that's what reactions are. We get triggered. And I want everyone to know a trigger is from memory. I know this boss might be just really, you know, whatever, but it's likely you've had this feeling before and you buried it. Mm -hmm. So whether you're feeling frustrated, powerless, angry, you you buried it and it just keeps showing up because it wants to be processed. It's just like food. Mm-hmm. We need to process our emotions. And so that first step is so important because you're basically acknowledging I'm aware that I'm in a trigger and I'm choosing, I'm choosing to process what's showing up, I'm not choosing to relive it. I'm not choosing to revisit it or rehash mm-hmm. it. I'm choosing to process these emotions. I'm not going to run those old cycles anymore. And then you would be taken and guided through the rest of the, of the cleanse. That's great. That's great. And does it include aspects, not only of, of, like you said, like breathing and tapping, but is there, are there elements of like even the food you eat or what other sort of like elements? This one does not. Yeah. The, the core book, emotional detox covers that Mm -hmm. the, the next book was emotional detox for anxiety, which covers that in that book for anxiety. This one is just 
how do you do it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just every day you can go through 135. I will tell you, Maria, after I wrote the book, which I, of course I wrote over a hundred, over 135, because as <laughs> you know, as an author, we don't yeah. just do one or draft, two draft. We do many drafts. So I was cleansing like until my eyeballs were popping out as <laughs> cleansing every possible thing and, and working with people. And I actually lost a very big contract at the end. It was really interesting. I had a business contract and it came to an end. It wasn't anything. It just came to an end. Let's say it came to completion. I had assumed it was going to continue. It did not continue. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I just did all these cleanses and this is what happens, right? <laughs> right. And, like, and, my magic and, trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like that's not supposed to happen. But the the thing is, is a lot of wonderful things have happened. I was content. I was like one of those people who, you know, you get content in a job, it does what it does, and you weren't really looking to leave. But I didn't realize what was possible for me. I mm-hmm. didn't realize. And I really believe it was from the cleanses. Mm-hmm. It, it Sometimes there's things to be released because there's new opportunities that are looking to come into your life. Um, and, and so this allows you, a lot of times we hold ourselves back when we don't allow ourselves to feel. And it's not just back from career and, and advancements. It's, it's hold yourself back from meeting new people mm-hmm. and having new experiences. And um, so it's, it's was a huge blessing in disguise, but I was quite shocked in the moment. Right, right. <laughs> I love it. Well, and holding you back from your potential too. It's, it's exactly when you're, yeah. when you're operating at that heightened level. Um, so what advice do you have for leaders or people within their work environments that are all on board with this? And they're like, yes, I need to do this, but I'm, I'm afraid. I feel like my emotions might get me off track in my work. And that could range from anything of maybe they're like, wow, if I, if, if I sort of like set the fuse it, mm. I'm going to be like an emotional puddle on the floor at work. Or, mm. you know, how do I do this in a way where I don't feel like I get off track with like the work that needs to be done as a leader, for example, mm. like, well, you know, people do need to perform that we do need to like meet our metrics. We do need to meet our goals. So what's your advice for how to help people feel their emotions without getting yeah. off track? Well, emotions don't take you off track. Reactions do. And so they need to get clear on that. It's not the emotions, it's the reactions. Um, it's keeping everybody off track, quite frankly. Emotions are what, when they're processed, I always say your emotions matter, processing them matters more. When they're processed, they anchor you, they bring you to the moment, they keep you in the now, they give you that sustainability, they give you st- uh, stability, they give you creativity, and like you said, innovation. It. I think it's a lot harder. I think you're going to find that it's easier to do what you do and to lead when people are in processing mode. It really encourages people to take responsibility for what they, their own reactions. Mm-hmm. And, but again, it does begin with, you know, who I always say, whoever, whoever shows up to the process, well, I guess, I guess it begins with you. So, yeah. I mean, yes, ideally with leaders, but if it's somebody in the workplace that is just drawn to it, then I guess it will begin there. And that's okay too, because people will notice, 
Yes. People will pick up on you. They'll be like, what are you doing? What are you eating? <laughs> yes. You become what? that, you become that model and you yeah. become, you, you start that ripple of, you know, Hmm, I really like the way she's operating. I want to, I, I think I could be successful that way too. And to be honest with you, just like me with the co contract that came to completion, sometimes when people start feeling their feelings, honestly, as reactivity goes down, I always say truth comes in because truth is based on love. Fear is based on reactions. As truth comes in, which is that authenticity you're talking about where people can be themselves, some people might decide to leave and that's right. okay right? Some new people might come in. I mean, that's what I'm saying as we're, we're almost holding everybody back by not processing what we feel. We're so afraid. Well, what if they leave And Oh, then somebody, right. And just really allow yourself to come from that space of just trusting. You know, I think that's the best gift you can give yourself is just to be able to trust that it's all going to, it's all in your favor, whatever happens. But Nonetheless, it really helps with mental health mm -hmm. tremendously if we are not covering up what we feel and you're just not going to get the true person. You're going to get someone who's just trying to behave and play a role, but mm -hmm. that's not, there's so much more than that. Are you concerned with, with mental health in the workplace right now? Is this why you do what you do? I'm concerned with, with, I do what I do because I think it's a worldwide thing. Mm -hmm. Um, no matter where you are in the world, I do feel like it's my purpose to get people to feel, you know, that's mm -hmm. it's like, it's a calling. That's my mission. It's happening everywhere. And, and if it, if it begins in the workplace, great. The best part is, is it will trickle into the family. I mean, I really exactly. don't see things as separate anymore, right? I think you're probably along the same lines that what happens at home affects work. What happens at work affects family. We used to sort of separate, but, but now we're realizing it, it influences people, their performance, mm -hmm. and we have to allow time and space for processing what we feel. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Sheriana, for coming on and sharing these insights. Um, I hope everyone will check out the book this week, Emotional Detox Now, 135 Practices to Renew Your Mind, Heart, and Spirit. And how can folks connect with you, find out more about you? <laughs> Go to my website, which is sherryannaboyle.com. And the books are they're wherever books are sold, but the sherryannaboyle.com is where they'll find me. Awesome. Sherrianna, thank yeah. you so much for your time. And thank you everyone for listening. Hope you got as much out of this as I did. And remember to let folks know about the podcast, share it with your friends or colleagues. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, please remember that creativity, cash flow, and compassion are not mutually exclusive. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Empathy Edge. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to share the show with others who want to redefine success and change the game. For more on how empathy makes you and your brand more successful, visit TheEmpathyEdge.com. There, you can download a free guide outlining five business benefits of empathy and a free sample chapter of Maria's book, The Empathy Edge. Until next time. Remember that a more empathetic world starts with you and leads to tremendous success.